0: will stand and sing with us as we sing our honor, how great is our God. The splendor of the King, of the majesty, where all the earth rejoice, all the earth rejoice, he laughs himself. Oh see how great how great
1: Chains my soul.
0: experience the glory of your
2: Thank God for his presence and being with Pug through the surgery. Uh, she has made it through and she is in the recovery. Uh, you know, so we thank God and we praise him for that. We also, we need to remember, uh, you know, Mason. Uh, they've had to rush, uh, you know, Mason back to the hospital. Um, he's uh, had an issue with the uh, tube that was uh, that he had. Uh, has came out and he's been bleeding. So we need to remember Mason in our prayers. You know, remember Glenda and all them that's there. Just remember them. Hold them up in your prayers. Uh, you know, but the presence of God is mighty, and He has been with us, uh, you know, through this revival. Uh, you know, and we thank Him so much, uh, you know, for that. Uh, it's great to have Diane here, and we need to continue to lift her up in her loss. Uh, you know, but God is mighty, and He is able, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, He wants to help us and to hold us up. just in case you didn't get that the main thing is is that she's came through but the next 24 hours is critical uh, you know for her so we definitely need to hold her up in these 24 hours that god will continue to have his hand upon her Uh, and then of course he thanked his loving and praying church Uh, you know but uh, we do thank y'all Heavenly Father, we do thank you so much. You know, God, we are unworthy of your presence, of, of even being here. But God, we thank you that your love and your mercy allows us to be here. God, I pray, dear Lord, that you'll continue to be with us and that you would guide us. God, I pray that you would be with each one that is here. Uh, you know, dear Lord, crying out to you and giving you their petitions and praying, dear Lord, for your work in their lives and for loved ones that are lost and for loved ones that are sick, the ones that are in the hospital, dear Lord, I pray God that you would minister to them, uh, you know, right now, God, that you would allow them to feel your mighty presence, uh, you know, in their midst, dear Lord. God, I pray, dear Lord, that you would be with the ones that are in the hospital, that you would be with Mason. God, I pray that you would be with Pug. God, I pray that you would be with the families, dear Lord. Uh, You know, God, I pray that you would be with Sissy and that you'll be with Sammy uh, or Scotty. Uh, You know, God, I pray, God, that you will strengthen them right now and you would encourage them. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would be with us right here and right now. God, that your love would just simply wrap around us and just hold us tight. God, that you would... Strengthen us tonight. God, that we would learn more about you tonight and that we would lean on you. God, I pray that you would be with AC as he brings us your word. God, I pray that you would open up our hearts to Lord that we would hear what you would have for us to hear. But God, I pray that whenever we hear what you have for us, God, that we would put it into action. God, that we would allow it to transform our lives. God, that we would be able to better serve you. In Jesus' name, amen.
3: is doing well tonight. Um, it's been a rough couple of days, but God knows what He's doing. You know, uh, some of you maybe remember Jody and Kathy. Is my sister Jody's my niece? Um, they came up here one time. Well, and to make it short, her husband was on the way to work yesterday morning about eight thirty, and veered over into the left lane and met an 18-wheeler head-on. Kelsey was a Christian. I'm thankful to God for that. He knew God. He, He was a bad addict, drug addict, but he was clean. The last year of his life, he began to fall back into his old ways, he got in with the wrong crowd again. And he was battling that really hard. I I don't know what was on his mind yesterday morning. I just pray. I just pray. Y'all please remember my niece and my family. She is absolutely devastated. She's 35, he was 38 had just begun a life together they hadn't been married but about four years i guess three four years he was a precious soul kelsey probably knew more about my life than some of my brothers well i know than my brother knows but he was just somebody i could talk to but god needed him more than me you know he just needed him more than me i want y'all to pray for me tonight I'm trying to sing a song for Terry. She asked me to sing this for her. And uh, just remember me in prayer and lift me up and help me get through this. If I make a mistake, y'all, just look over my head. (laughs) All right, y'all, let's go. to you could wave your hand, spare me this heartache, and change your plan. And I know any second you could
0: take my pain away,
3: but even if you don't, I pray, help me want the healer more than the healer say my next one Andrew you got me some help <laughs> my next one is my my testimony it always has been my testimony ever since I learned this song and i urge you tonight if you're not a christian to know the anchor if you don't know who Jesus is and you if you know who he is I know you you know him because you wouldn't be here if you didn't but if you don't walk with him make your walk stronger because I'm telling you yesterday was a wake up call for me we don't know about tomorrow we just know who holds today and I urge you tonight please if Jesus is not a part of your life make him your savior. I have journeyed through the law.
0: sails are torn I have fallen on my knees as I face the raging sea the anchor holds in spite of the storm Oh, and I've had dreams, I've even held them in my head, but I never knew they would slip right.
4: Now, if I wouldn't have done that for my sister, y'all, where would I've ended up on the floor, right? <laughs> y- y'all think I'm kidding? I love it. I love it. We um had the opportunity to come just a, a little bit. Uh, we we were able to fly out last Saturday and um from Kansas. We were serving us little Wesleyan church out there, out in, the, we call it the middle of nowhere, and um, uh, Andrew, I'm going to pop this out, so I'm just preparing you in case you guys want to mute that. Uh, I'm just going to borrow, um, is, it, is it Denise? Thank you for letting me use your tailor, good gracious. It's a, it's a, it's a beautiful guitar. <laughs> Um, we got the privilege of coming out um, on Sunday, and and something we don't get to do very often is is uh, because being called into ministry and serving the local church, we we have been committed to that for nearly thirty years. And uh, uh, between Lisa and I, and we we uh, don't get to go to church sometimes where we want to go. <laughs> And um, so we had the opportunity Sunday to run to church with our son uh, in Greensboro. And uh, Grayson uh, asked us, said, Mom, Dad, when you guys fly in, can you all go to church with me Sunday? And so we were we were happy to go. And it was a beautiful, beautiful service. And they did a baptism uh, service there while while the praise team was singing. And it, it was it was truly just beautiful. Uh, just a beautiful, beautiful service. And um, here, lo and behold, uh, there was a couple there with their daughter that um, happened to be there that actually attended uh, a church that we used to be worship pastors up up in that area. And they had changed churches some years ago. And, and um, they were there and here if the whole family didn't get baptized. And boy, were we proud. Where we smile and big, just the week before last Sunday uh we ourselves at the church small church where we were serving on a sunday night rolled out the baptism and and we don't have it like is that a baptism back there and it's all set in ours was portable and and so we had to move it in and fill it up with water and lisa had to fix some plants around it and all that kind of stuff to make it pretty a little bit and and uh, we got to baptize these two girls one was a seen, senior in high school and the other was around 30 years old and uh I testified to the fact that that young girl that was a senior in high school, the first day we were at the church, Bailey comes up to me and grabs my hand and says, Pastor, she doesn't say my name is Bailey. She says, Pastor, I need to get baptized. Exactly my point. Hallelujah. And so... uh I said, "Well, sweetheart, what's your name first? And, well, my name is Bailey. Well, Bailey, we're going to see that that happen, and the Lord willing, and sure enough, two weeks to Sunday go a week, we we were able to see that happen. I, do you remember when you got baptized? If you hadn't yet, make sure you tell Pastor John so that we can get this thing done. Um, it's a part of our faith. Uh, and it was Peter there on the day uh, that uh, when the people, people came to him and said, well, then what must I do? And Peter says, well, well this is just fitting and right. Let's have a baptismal service. <laughs> you guys want to proclaim your love and your heart for the Lord, then let's do this right. And again, that's one of the things that I'm glad for, that it's just not an outward sign, although that's why we do baptism, but it is truly what happens to us inwardly when we get saved. God's mercy and his grace and his love just pours all over us.
5: of Jesus I'm undone by the goodness of the Lord I'm restored and made right He got a hold
1: of my life
5: I've got Jesus how could I want more I see nothing but goodness I've tested and tasted yours and I was so lost Till I fell at the cross And got saved Oh, I got saved I'm undone by the mercy of Jesus I'm undone by the goodness of the Lord I'm restored and take life He got a hold of my life I've got Jesus How could I want more? The love of God, He gave me His pardon. The love of God won't let me stay the same. The love of God, He calls me up higher. His will is stronger, that's why I got saved. Of Jesus, Jesus. I'm undone, undone by the goodness of the Lord. I'm restored and made right. He got a hold of my life. I've got Jesus. How could Jesus. good I want Him. I'm undone, undone by the mercy of Jesus. Jesus. I'm i got Jesus, how good I want more, i got Jesus, how good I want more, i got Jesus, how good I want more.
4: I'm going to pop this back out, guys, so be ready for that. Um, that's good. Can you take your gospel and turn to the book of Acts? find the book of acts would you look at chapter 9 the book of acts chapter 9 we've been talking been speaking on the subject of god's presence and what happens when when uh, people are in his presence And Sunday night, we began with looking at King Solomon as he built the temple and spared no expense and brought in the wonderful orchestra that he had and the choir of singers and uh, just wanted to make sure that God was going to show up in that beautiful, beautiful temple. And God came in a mighty way as the people praised him as they sacrificed and fellowship offering before him and as they prayed. Last night we got to look at Isaiah. And maybe you hadn't looked at Isaiah that way before. The fact that when he was serving there in the temple and God's presence was very evident. And he immediately sees who he is. As a man undone before God. A holy, holy God. And as he witnesses that. He confesses his sin. And he stops his sin. And he confesses it before the Lord. And the Lord begins to talk. Remember we talked about how. When we get in that relationship with God in that way. We can really begin to hear God speak. We begin to hear Heaven chatter. And as he clearly heard God talking, saying, Whom shall we send? Whom will go for us? We need a messenger. And without hesitation, Isaiah jumps Lord, here I am. Send me. And he made himself available for whatever God needed. That happens when we're in the presence of God. Tonight I want to speak to you about it being an experience of perspective. When we often come into the church, some of the things that we have said, I have said myself as if it were true. When I get there, I hope, the Lord God Almighty shows up, and I hope His presence is so real, and He comes in such a way that nobody would mistake in it for anything else. And as I grew in my faith, I was, oh, wait a minute, AC, isn't God omnipresent? Well, goodness, he's already there. He's already here. I'm the one that needs to wake up and be aware of his presence. It's a perspective issue. It's just like when you head out to Kansas. And Denise, you got to be out in Rapid City. Is that right? Did I get your name right? Okay, good. That's a beautiful area. Now, I'm not sure you're, you're from this area. And, and a lot of people that, that we talk to from, from, from the east that head out west, it's just too open. You talk, That song, Wide Open Spaces, you guys heard that old country gospel song? I'm telling you, there's wide open spaces. You think I'm kidding. When you see a tree, there's a house next to it. It is wide open. And you'll, oh, this shit. No, I, I like to be a little tighter. I like to be a little bit secure. Get me back east. There's some trees. You know what they call Interstate 40 when they pass Missouri? You know what it's called? The Westerners call it the Green Tunnel. My brother-in-law is from Kansas, Peggy and I's brother-in-law. And he said, he said, guys, goodness gracious, this would be beautiful country if you could see it. You can't see a thing out here. It's all in perspective, isn't it? We, we love it. If you don't like the South, get out. That's all right with me. that <laughs> will preach. But they'll say the same thing about the West, too. If you don't like it, go back. It's all in perspective, isn't it? When we are in the presence of God and we wake up and we've been singing about this and when we become more aware of his presence, there's a lot of things that go on and we dismiss them. We dismiss them. And sometimes that comes to our, through our perspective of what God is doing and how he is working. It was 1998. It was around the end of July. In fact, just a, or the end of June, the last couple of days. And um, that Sunday morning, we were serving in Troy, North Carolina, as Lisa was the choir director, and I was uh, the assistant, one of the assistant pastors. It was a larger church. And uh, the pastor wanted to take us on a golf retreat, and I was all about golf. Um, Pastor John said, "I'm the one that influenced." I had no idea. I, we snuck on that golf course so much. We got ran off that golf course so much. But I always took that opportunity. And Pastor Jeff Loman said, um, "Would you, would you guys come on? Let's go play some golf, and let's go for the whole week. And I'm going to pay for it." And I was like, "Woohoo! Yeah!" So we headed down there that Sunday afternoon, that last Sunday of June. And uh, that was before the day of, of, uh, at least the cell phones, you know, were these big things that you carried around with you and um, didn't have one at the time. And that Monday, somebody finally got a hold of me somehow and got word. And it was my mother-in-law, Glenda. And Glenda says, AC, get home right now. Well, Glenda, I don't have a car. She said, I don't care. Get home. At that time, we had three children. We had Hayden, our firstborn son. We had Grayson, our second, whom's the one we got to spend this Sunday morning with. And we had Madison, our first girl. And boy, was she precious. She had suffered quite a bit. We weren't sure what was wrong with her. The doctors told us that Um, She basically was failure to thrive, Um, she would not eat anything, and we remember going to Baptist Hospital there in Winston, and uh, they hooked us up, our pediatrician hooked us up with a geneticist up there that would be able to look at her case, and they questioned Lisa and I just like crazy, are you guys watering down her formula? We, we, we see that y'all don't make a lot of money. Um, what are y'all doing? Is, is, what's, what's, are you guys doing anything not getting her the nutrition? No, no, we're doing the best we can. Well, let's put her on something. Uh, the doctor even put her on on a heavier formula. First couple of months she grew, but the pediatrician's concern was sometime after that she began to lose weight pretty rapidly. Madison just would not eat. If she did, it would come back up, and uh, she struggled. Uh, Glenda says, A.C., get home. Madison's back in the hospital. She's having another seizure. When her body, all those things that happen in your body get in such a place, she would have these seizures, and we would spend days and days on end, um, weeks sometimes in the hospital with her, and so I said, okay, I'll be right there, and one of the guys ran me to the airport, and I was able to get a rental car and get back home. Through that week, so I got to the hospital and would see her laying there in the bed and just, uh, to me, very lifeless. I even told Lisa, I don't think she's there. Her heart's still beating. There was still some brain activity, but this time, this one just just wasn't seemed right. She was almost just a month shy of being three years old, two months shy of being three years old. This time to the hospital was a little different and I even confessed in my heart before God, Lord, I don't think we're going to bring her home this time. That Sunday before, Lisa and I would even stand with this other young girl in a trio and we would sing, When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrow like sea billows roll, what Ever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, It is well, it is well with my soul. And boy, would that be put to the test! And I would re- be reminded, You just sang this. No matter what happens, no matter what goes on the, you've professed it from your mouth. It's gonna be okay. July 4th, just a few days later, 1998, the doctors would declare Madison, Clay Palmer being deceased. our perspective about God began to change. Uh, we had uh, maybe every right, as you would think, going through circumstances like that to say, God, why would you let this happen? Why, why would you even uh, wish that on on a young, young human being? God, why, we prayed for healing. We did it all. Camp meeting, revival, whatever it was. Anoiner, anoiner. Lord, healer. And as people come to me, sometimes day after day, Pastor, why? Why does God allow this to happen? I have to look at them and say, Guys, I I don't have a clue other than the fallen world that we live in and the fallen condition of man, that's all I can give you. But God's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. We laid up in the bed with her that afternoon and I don't know if it was Lisa or myself, but I don't know if it was together or Later, one started and maybe the other came in. There's a land that is fairer than day. And by faith we can see it afar. For the Father waits over the way to prepare us a dwelling place there in the sweet by and by. We shall meet on that beautiful shore. In the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. We had every, you would think humanly speaking, and in our humanity, we'd have every right to be angry and mad and shake our fist at God. Going through that circumstance and going through life with her, our perspective of God changed. And not in that circumstance, but here we're faced with the Apostle Paul whose perspective and life changed. I want you to see this this evening. Would you stand and let's read the scripture and I won't take too long on this. I know we're getting kind of late and I'll I'll, uh, give this to you rather quickly Acts chapter 9 beginning at verse 1 just reading through verse 6 meanwhile Saul was uttering out threats With every breath, he was eager to destroy the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way. That was the name of the church, the way he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. And as he was nearing Damascus on this mission, a brilliant light from heaven and suddenly beamed down upon him. He fell to the ground and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, sir? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you are to do. Our gracious God, would you take these next few moments and see as you change the perspective of the Apostle Paul, that our perspective, our view in life of you and these other things need to change. In Christ Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. It was the Apostle Paul that was headed to Damascus, and he was greeted by this shite, brownie, shining, bright, shining light. Was knocked to the ground. And thus he would come face to face with God's presence. Through Jesus, even, as the scripture says. God needed to speak to him one-on-one for a moment and change three perspectives of the apostle Paul had. And maybe you can identify with one of these tonight. The first one being this. Paul's perspective needed to be changed about God himself. About God himself. He was headed to Damascus to put men and women who believed in Jesus Christ, believed in the baptism of Christ, in jail. The earlier scriptures in Acts, you see that um, if, if the apostle Paul did not order it to be done, but you he was at least there present when Stephen was stoned to death, giving his approval in the name of God, mind you. He thought God had told him to do this. but God would need to change that perspective. Jesus warned the disciples about this back in the Gospel of John, chapter 16. They will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think they are offering a service to God. That's what the Apostle Paul's perspective was. To put these people out. And yet when he is struck to the ground. And the voice speaks to him. Immediately he knows this is out of the world of the earth. <laughs> this experience is totally different. As Jesus speaks to him. Who are you? And some of the translations say Lord. Lord. Is it because he knew Jesus was Lord? No. no, he was killing these people that were living for Jesus in God's name. He wouldn't have anything to do with the crucified Christ, the risen Christ. That was his perspective. when Jesus showed up, the presence of God was there. It challenged Paul's perspective of God. How has God changed your perspective of him? What has he brought you through? But oh, Pastor AC, the Bible says the Lord won't let me handle anything I can't handle. Does it truly say that? We preach it from the pulpit. I've heard it multiple times. God won't let you handle any more than you can bear. I'm here to tell you, this is my version, but it's a bunch of baloney. What are you talking about? That's the whole point. You're living life that you cannot handle. God's the only one that can handle it. Those circumstances are life. You better believe they're more than you can bear. They'll knock you down. They'll knock you out. I know people that have turned their back on God because of the circumstances that they've gone through. We saw couples like us that were losing their children walk away from not only God, but each other. And Lisa and I sat in that room. We will not let this happen to us. God, you are going to have to carry us through. By the way, that scripture is talking about temptation. It's not talking about your earthly struggles. It's talking about temptation. There's a way for you to get out of it. This is another message, and this is for free. You don't have to sin. I don't have to sin. We don't have to give in. And the writer says, God's going to give you a way out of that. You just stay true to him. The apostle Paul's perspective of God needed to change. How do you change? How did God change your perspective of him? Did he grab your attention? Whatever life you were living, grab hold of your attention and say, no, this is who I am. Quit listening to the world. Not only that, let me, let me keep going. Uh, the second thing, Paul's perspective changed what is about himself. He knew without a doubt that God had called him to do this. He had grown up as a Jew Jew. Now, you just, just track this with me and follow it, and I'm going to say Jew a bunch of times, but you'll get this. You see, there were Jews from two different um, directions. You had the Jew-Jew, which was the Hebrew Jew. And this Jew-Jew, mom and dad, each of them were Jews. But then when, you remember when the people were scattered to Babylon? Or, or into what is it, the, uh, one of the captivities? They were sent away, and God had told them, go ahead, and, 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 and you mix with those people. Well, they were half-Jews, these Grecian-Jews. Well, Paul wasn't this half-Jew. His mom and dad both were Jews. He was a Jew Jew. He grew up in the rabbinical school. He started in Tarsus. He went to the university at Jerusalem. He was an excellent student. He knew the law frontwards and backwards and everything else. But in this moment, being in God's presence, something happened to him that changed his own perspective of himself. He went from sending out murderous threats and putting these people in jail and killing them to this. This is his testimony to Timothy. I'm so grateful to Christ Jesus for making me adequate to do his work. He went out on a limb, you know, entrusting me with this ministry. The only credentials I brought to it were invective in witch hunts and arrogance. But I was treated mercifully because I didn't know what I was doing, didn't know who I was doing it against grace mixed with faith and love poured over me and into me all because of Jesus. Here's a word you can take to heart and depend on. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. I'm proof. I'm public sinner. Number one, he says. Of someone who could never have made it apart from sheer mercy. And now he shows me off. Evidence of his endless patience to those who are right on the edge of trusting him forever. Deep honor and bright glory to the king all time. Oh God, immortal, invisible, ever and always. Oh yes! Yes! He's saying, I'm changed. (laughs) I got saved, church. (laughs) That's what he's saying. (laughs) And I grew up in the church. And I went to Bible school. And I went to seminary. But then God changed my perspective. Of not only only who he was. But of who I am. And I'm not worthy of this. But that's the whole point. He's doing this through me. You see Paul was working. For the Lord in his own strength. This guy was only four and a half feet tall. He was named after King Saul. Who was much taller. Apostle Paul's perspective of himself changed. Not only was he a man undone, and he figured that out really quick when he was there uh, with the guys there uh, when he finally got to go on uh, to Damascus. He just found out about himself, and I'm undone, but then he turns it around. Look what God has done through me. He has trusted me with these people who are on the very edge of trusting in the Lord and I'm getting to preach the gospel to them. The good news of Jesus, his message drastically changed. His perspective of himself drastically changed. Not only that, but of others. It would be Paul that writes to the Corinthian church When someone gets to the end of his rope, I feel the desperation in my bones. When someone is duped into sin, anger, fire burns in my gut. Did you hear those words? When you see a lost soul, are you concerned? When somebody else is going through a horrible time, Are you concerned? Well, pastor, it depends on what it is. Our daughter, Micah, our fourth child, calls me. Dad, I can't do the work. She's at Liberty, was at Liberty University. I can't do the work. These professors are against me. I can't say the right thing. I can't do the right thing. And they're just against me. And I don't want to do the work anymore. And I have to tell you, I was not concerned that day. I said, suck it up, buttercup. Get it done. She said, well, where's mom? I said, I don't know where Lisa was at the time. You'll have to call her cell phone. Well, she won't answer. I already did. The Apostle Paul, he wasn't breathing out murderous threats anymore. He wasn't putting these people in jail. In fact, he spent some nights in jail, didn't he, with Silas? Uh, He got other people involved. In the gospel, he didn't try to do it all himself. He was all about others. In fact, when he wanted to go uh, to a certain area, was it Asia he wanted to go? He just felt for sure that the Lord was calling him there. And if you read that scripture, and I'd have to find it for you, but if you read that scripture, it took all three parts of the Trinity to keep that dude from going where he wanted to go. It said God had to interrupt his dream and say no. Jesus showed up in the dream. No, the Holy Spirit showed up. Paul, we got you right here where we want you. You just be still. He was all about it, church. And others consumed his life because he wanted just to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. He wanted to warn others of the pit of hell, of Satan and his tactics. He wanted to bring a message of hope and peace to people that were struggling through life. So not only did his perspective of God change and perspective of himself change, but his perspective of others changed. Where is our perspective of others? Suck it up, buttercup. Are we truly concerned with each other? What is our perspective of others? I really want you to grasp a good understanding of what happens when we're in the presence of God. It does have to do with our perspective. When we're going through these times and through these struggles, as we mentioned before, I love the song, Lord, I'm more concerned basically about the Savior than about being saved or protected. When's the last time you prayed about that? We don't pray that very often. Lord, I'm, I'm more concerned about uh, my unsaved loved ones than, than even the circumstance I'm going through right now. Lord, I want to know you so much, whatever it takes. Again, I'm not going to tell you how to study the Bible. People do it all kinds of things. But if you want to know who God is, get in the word of God. Get around some believers in Jesus Christ. Your perspective of God will change when you hear different stories and you see different experiences. Your perspective of God will change. And then... Rightly, the perspective of yourself will change and how you fit in all of this relationship with God. Don't miss the Lord's presence. Would you please stand? This may be in silence tonight. Let's do this a little bit different. Maybe you would just like to come. And again, maybe you just haven't committed your life to the Lord fully and wholly, but there's not a thing powerful in this altar other than the fact that you're kneeling down before a holy God. Maybe you need a new perspective of who God really is in your life and maybe you need a new perspective of yourself and a new perspective of others i would just encourage you even in the silence it's just you and god let him speak to your heart and if you need to come let me pray with you this evening would you come Holy Lord, we uh, are in your presence. And Lord, I know you are working with each individual in this place tonight. Lord, some of us do need a new perspective of you. Maybe we even haven't been carrying around the right perspective. Lord, and we haven't been understanding the perspective of ourselves and how we fit into this relationship with you. God, and we've sure dropped the ball when it comes to others because we've let the world revolve around us or me instead of letting it revolve around Jesus Christ, the Son and how I align with your goodness, Lord. So God, would you speak to our hearts and minds as we leave this place? Lord, that we would know, that we would know your presence in such a way that you would give us boldness that nobody can understand to walk in your favor and your grace and mercy. And Lord, that we can love the unlovable. Lord, that we could extend help to those who need you without reservation. Help us to be the church. Lord, we have our faults, but God, this is your plan to use the church to spread your gospel. So Lord, help us to do that. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen.